2: Way. Typical, oh, ho, ho. Tonight we got 'em Goldie and assault. the Salt. The chemical, chemical,
1: that's dusty, that's dusty, that's dusty, that's dusty, and it's it dirty right now. <laughs> oh boy, it's already going great. Welcome back to another episode of A Typical Disgusting Display a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. And today, we're going to hate construction because it's going on in my basement. So you're going to hear a lot of noise.
2: I love that you've hired this crew that only shows up when there's a podcast
1: and then immediately stops when we say cut. Exactly. That's very convenient. And of course, I have no, you know, say or no knowledge really of what's happening. I, I thought that they were working somewhere else. And then it was told to me this morning that they would be right in here drilling stuff into walls. So you're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> anyway, welcome back. Boy, we had a good episode last week. A lot of fun. It was fun, fun things to talk about. Uh, And we'll get to uh, an email uh, later that we we got about last week. And again, a reminder, please send us any emails, any thoughts, comments, top five suggestions to a typical disgusting display at gmail.com. Yeah, And as we say, or if anyone is
2: married to the construction crew and simply wants to pass along a message like, you know, don't forget to pick up Danielle at three from figure skating or I can get you know, that message we, to them. Uh, here's a stop <laughs> and shop list. Just
1: email email that. Today's the day for it. Today is the day for that. Yeah. The drilling just sounds like epic diarrhea farts below me i don't know how it sounds <laughs> through the microphone but if you get that it's not me sadly i wish it was but it's not great um, cover though for yeah, me yeah exactly <laughs> perfect cover <laughs> that's funny. Uh, you know we talk a lot about writing on the show because that's what it's about and we are writers but also we are uh consumers of entertainment we are fans i think first and foremost we've been yeah You know, watching TV and and movies our whole life, probably more than most people. And let me add like most fans, we hate it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And all all we do is criticize everything. Everything that people are making for us that we can watch for free, we hate. We hate the management. We hate the players. We hate the team.
2: We hate the fans. We hate going to the stadium. We, we hate, hate other... every aspect of it, which is why we're such huge fans.
1: Yes, yes. And we hate other fans. Oh, so that's, the worst. Yeah, they're the worst. Our fan base is terrible. But there was something that I was a big fan of, as as many people were, that I felt like it was worth talking about. So HBO Max, I guess just in January, they have now put the show ER up on oh, their yeah. Uh, site, So you can watch all of ER now on HBO uh, Max. Gen Z, now's your chance. <laughs> now's your chance. Put your phone down <laughs> and get absorbed
2: in a one-hour hospital drama. <laughs> Where a tank
1: goes to the hospital. Uh, 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 I don't remember that one. Did that happen? I think that's a
2: famous one where there's like a tank rolling down the street. Anyway, please. Oh my God. It.
1: I do not remember that. I'll have to look out for that one. You'll yes. know from the tank. Uh, yes. I think the tank will be my, my clue. Give away. This, yeah. might be, this might be the episode Goldie was talking about. When you uh, see the tank. You'll know there's a tank in the episode. All right. And the tank will look (laughs) sick, apparently. So I I started, uh, and ER was one of those unicorns. This was back when NBC had, there's the hammering, NBC had more power than our government in the 90s. Like NBC told us, hey, there's this hospital drama that's going to be premiering uh, Thursday night at 10. We think you might enjoy it. And 50 million people said, okay, and they just (laughs) never stopped watching it. So ER was one of those rare shows that from right out of the gate they were a huge smash and of course it's the show that launched uh, George Clooney it's the whole Uh, reason we continue to tolerate George Clooney that's right he he won us over and by the way George Clooney uh, he had this role I mean he must have been salivating for it because he was like the kids doctor at the ER so every episode it's like the handsomest guy on earth holding like a small black child like I'm gonna save you and it's like I love this guy Uh, he's the best it's just what a great opportunity for him and and you know of course he he sizzles on screen let me let me say it he sizzles um but it it was an interesting thing so I started re-watching it because I loved it when it came out and it was sort of known for being it's edgier and there's more blood and there you know people actually die and it's really what an ER is like so I started watching it again with that memory that distant memory now in my head and of course it's when you watch it now, like it's fine, but it's totally a Hollywood thing. And it's just a little cutesy and precious and all the stuff that I didn't really notice in the moment. But the biggest thing that I noticed, and it's the reason that I'm still watching, I continue to watch the episodes now on HBO, is that the problems of the mid-90s seem like nothing compared to the problems of today. So you're watching this thing and, you know, as we lived through the 90s, we were all so upset and there was grunge and everything was dark and oh my life. And now you look back at the 90s and you're like, what the fuck were we so angry about? Like that might have been the peak and we didn't know it. And, yeah. and like here's yes. here's a whole hospital show every week, and they're like, oh my god, here comes in you know another car crash, another alcohol you know overdose or whatever, and it's like you didn't have COVID, you had nothing to worry about. This hospital is totally empty by today's standards, and you got the the best looking doctor in the world, like running around with little multiracial kids in his arms. It was a great time because we felt like we were wrong but we felt like things were moving in the right direction. It seemed like racial progress was happening in the 90s. It seemed like women were, you know, stepping to the fore and getting more opportunities in the 90s. And then, of course, now we're living in this weird dark age and we've somehow gone backwards. But I'm watching ER for the nostalgia and I'm really enjoying it. So I wanted to alert our fans that (laughs) ER is now out there on HBO Max. If you want to get into it, Please do. If you already watched it, I think you'll enjoy watching it again. So thank you HBO, HBO Max for bringing that It is a, a great
2: point that, that I've noticed as well, that any show you watch now, the, the problems in the show are less than my problems in place. Yes. Like, okay. you know like you're watching the Sopranos and you're like "Oh, the, the collections soprano. are down it's like my kids missed a year of school <laughs> the collections are
1: down yeah first joke of the day first joke of the day yeah there it is yeah we're not gonna get yeah. that garbage contract my kids may never yeah. see a friend
2: again I can't go to a restaurant without getting deathly ill
1: <laughs> have fun at Vesuvio you
2: prick already <laughs> <I assume>, yeah. <laughs> yeah, already Artie,
1: Artie hasn't updated the menu in a while that's a real yeah, problem sorry <laughs> yeah. if i want their food i
2: have to be at the mercy of someone driving like a 2011 ford mustang around and watch them on a Fucking an Black an app, Mirror yeah. map to see if I get to I eat tonight.
1: <laughs> so true. Oh, oh black God. Mirror actually might be the one show where the problems are as significant yeah. as I, they I are. can't. I
2: actually it's, it's watched two episodes of Black Mirror, and I got I got so spooked I had to stop. I was oh, like, I can't. So the great. one where the Alzheimer's and the video game. I was like, I, I yeah. this is. Oh, it's. I, I'm at risk of going insane. If I think about this anymore, like, I can't, I have to just compartmentalize it, like, you know, oh. like someone blown
1: up by a landmine or something. Like, <laughs> wow,
0: I really love that show. <laughs> that, show
1: is, that show is great. It's great. But it I, is spooky. I can't watch it. Yeah, yeah you're I, right, I would spooky. recommend, if you want to watch one, the one with the uh, Jesse Plemons and the sort of Star Trek-style uh, yeah, uh, ship, it. that was fantastic. Yes. But there's so many great ones. Um, um, anyway, so we had uh, this talk of ER kind yeah. of flows nicely into something you wanted to talk about today, Goldie.
2: Well, <laughs> it's in the medical uh, field, but... So you know, my body is just falling apart. Like i I literally,
0: Same.
2: I literally crazy glued two of my toenails back together because <laughs> oh it's like God. you just can't get medical attention. Any like, you, if you go into the medical office, you're risking so much more than right. it's worth. And I had these two yeah. toenails that were coming apart. I just crazy glued them together. By the right, way, it totally, it. totally worked. Yeah, wow, they fully healed. <laughs> I, like, I had so much dry skin on my knuckles. I took a pumice stone. Do you know what that is? It's like yeah. a moon rock. It's like <laughs> yeah. this harsh moon rock. I just scraped it off and then put tons of Vaseline on my hands. Like I'm doing what they're doing in <laughs> no, your that's... basement. I'm doing that to my body <laughs> yeah. like, at home with no supervision. Yes, I'm,
1: good timing.
2: Yeah. Like I'm, It really I, was. You, you know, I've, I've given up on getting medical attention. My gums are receding, so I, I do have to go in next week because like, I think my bottom front teeth may fall out. I may need dentures, so I'm oh, I'm getting God. that. Att- anyway, my body is falling apart. Yeah. But one of the things because I'm approaching fifty is I, you know, my doctor wanted me to get Rapidly. a colonoscopy, yeah. and I just said like right now I'm not going into a medical facility for this right. elective procedure. It just feels like the risk is greater than the reward. So there's this thing called the ColGuard test, Ooh. which yeah. is basically shitting in you- a box. Yeah, you do a stool sample at home, you put it in a box, you send it to a lab, and with over 90% accuracy, they can tell you if there's a problem, supposedly. Could be a scam.
1: Anyway. So <laughs> so it could be just a guy who likes shit. Right. So I get the
2: kit. Okay, and, and so you open the kit, and here's what's in the kit. It's It's like this kind of bridge that goes over your toilet seat, a Tupperware that's about— <laughs> yeah you know, like maybe a a 12-inch, 10-inch circumference that fits in the bridge, <laughs> the sunken bridge, and then this chemical. So what you're supposed to do is put the bridge over your toilet, put the Tupperware okay. in the bridge, okay. uh, poop in the Tupperware, and then pour the chemical on it, close the Tupperware, put it in the box. So that's oh. clear, right? You, you get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I put the bridge on, I put the thing... So the, the first thing I notice is that, like, I've never really tried to poop for accuracy. You know what I mean? Like, I've never <laughs> yeah, tried to hit no target. something with it. There's so no it's terrible. like, I don't actually know where my butthole is. Right? Like, I, I, I have a decent idea, but, like, I don't really know, and I don't really understand the trajectory of my poop. I've you just never, never given it any thought. So. Already, I'm as we said before. I'm oh. flying blind. I feel like the instruments have gone out. I'm JFK Jr. in the fog. I'm just oh, like, god. Oh, oh my god,
1: <laughs> come on. I, I'd like, I'd like to think you were Sully over the Hudson. Let's give you something a little more. Oh, okay, yeah. i hero. To, I'm trying to land this
2: thing with <laughs> zero calibration. Okay. So, and then they say like you know, don't poop too much in this thing. And it's like, I don't know how much is coming exactly. out. Like That's part of the mystery. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes there's a lot, sometimes there's a little, but you don't know till you're done. True. No, So like, I can tell you after I'm done, if it's too much, and I'm powerless to stop, uh, you know, in the middle of this. So the whole thing's already ridiculous, yes. but I do it. I get the thing in the thing, I pour the chemical over it, and I seal it shut, and I'm an obsessive compulsive person. So I'm like checking the snap, you know. Yeah, you better. Pack it in the box, pack it away nicely, bring it to the UPS place. Kind of oh, feeling weird. Like, so here's bad. a box of shit. Like, what, what, can,
1: what can Brown do for you? <laughs> exactly. Wow. Um,
2: okay. So then, send it off, and then kind of nervous, waiting. Like, am I gonna hear some bad news? Because it's like I eat too many cured meats, and I know this. And it's like, is this what's gonna kill me <laughs> or not? Anyway, so I I get a message. It's from the lab, and it's like, we we need to talk. And I'm like, oh god, god. Like, wow. Here it is. Yep. I'm dead. This so is how, this is
1: how it ends. I call the guy
2: back. And he says, hey, you know, uh, says, are you this person, or this, you know, social security, and all this stuff. And I'm like, yes, 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 that's me. And he says, well, I, I have some bad news for you. And, of course, my stomach sinks. And he's like, okay. your sample exploded in the box. <laughs> <laughs> of course it did. Oh, <laughs> my God. Some guy <laughs> opened <laughs> just... A fucking a dynamite bomb. cannon of shit, <laughs> shit And I was just picturing, you know, like it's like the end of <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like there are probably thousands of shit boxes every day, and some poor soul's job is to just cut them open. It's, and you got to figure a percentage is just exploded yes. in the bike uh, Apparently, it's probably like fifteen percent. Like oh It's like it. exploded shit box, exploded shitbox, box, exploded shit. Oh. So anyway, then I oh, wow. had to redo the whole thing. The results came back. I'm totally fine. We're healthy. Yes. 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 But uh, Great news. I, so I, I like Kologard. <laughs> I'd recommend oh, it to God. anyone. And I just want to give a tip of the cap to the poor soul whose job it is yeah. to open Kologard boxes. And I just wish them a day of sealed containers. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's very nice. Yes. I'm, yes. I'm, am I smelling a high note? that is an an amazing tale and by the way so the second time you did it did you feel like more comfortable like okay i i did it last time i could do it again yeah I
2: could now
1: blindfolded,
2: suspended 20 feet in the air, hit the coal yard container.
0: You now know where your butt is. I love that.
2: The confidence, the confidence,
1: like dropping rocks off a highway. You know,
2: Ronnie from Jersey Shore, one shot, son.
1: (laughs) That is awesome. Oh, my God. What an adventure. Well, we're certainly glad you're healthy. Yes, for sure. Yeah. You know what? You're healthy enough now for weeks and weeks to do some Johnny jokes. <laughs> oh, brought to you by
2: Collegar.
1: <laughs> that was a little poppy on the high end, but that's wow. okay. We appreciate we the it. enthusiasms. The <laughs> enthusiasms. All right. <clears throat> okay. What do we have today from the wild world of the news? Wild stuff. Well, Once oh. again, these are in the style of Johnny Carson for the new uh, listeners. Uh, Jonathan <laughs> Lindhorst Carson. I don't know his middle name. Oh. Here we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Well, here's an interesting story. Former first lady Melania Trump is putting an autographed hat up for auction for a cool quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. Wow. Uh, The hat is fashionable, lightweight and has a wide brim, perfect for blocking out a disgusting husband. (laughs) Lightly jabbing my way in. All right, let's see what like we got. It. I like it. Uh, let's see what we got next. Uh, oh, yeah, there's some weather news. A, uh, a powerful winter storm in the south has left 90,000 people without power for almost two days. Jeez. Huh, that's nothing. As a married man, I've been without power since the day I said <laughs> I do.
2: <laughs> uh, Mary my friend <laughs>
1: is a winner. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Appreciate that. Let's see if I can uh, buy it back here with something. Oh, here we go. An interesting story. A turtle from St. Helena named Jonathan just turned 190 years old, making him the oldest living turtle on Earth. When Jonathan passes away, the title of oldest living turtle will pass on to his brother Mitch McConnell. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mitch McConnell yeah. very turtle like <laughs> and now uh inspired by uh, uh Goldie each week I think I was going to read a joke that I think we'd have to cut out cuz it's it's oh boy it's on the edge let's let me read it and then we'll yeah. cut it out here we go oh, okay
0: okay okay
1: uh government officials in China have mm-hmm. made the decision to cull over 2000 hamsters due to covid concerns yeah and pet owners are furious uh, restaurant owners, however. Oh <laughs> I think you're okay.
2: Uh, maybe yeah, we'll yeah, cut I that
1: one. So. All right, let me close. Let me if, yes,
2: if there's a <laughs> roofer named Nick, your wife
1: is uh, asking, <laughs> what time will you be home for dinner? Uh, okay, last one, and, and uh, thanks Inspired by Goldie, I'm going to do a Normie here for the last one. Here's a, a one in the style of Norm McDonald. Uh, okay, some sad news from Hollywood as Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet have split after 16.
0: 16- hey, Literally. <laughs> so
1: <we'll> <laughs> That's uh they, he, nobody's gone. They just split the up. Gone. The couple's gone. Uh, okay, they've split. Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet have split after 16 years of dating. Yeah, the the couple asked that the media respect their privacy at this time while well, they each have sex with anyone they want. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. All right. Other job. You,
2: <laughs> you know that's that's a great batch of jokes. I'm Thank jealous. I love that. Thank you, sir. I'm envious <laughs> I'm and green. I, uh, I wish that I had the same. Well, here here uh, we go. What's you find always out. do? You always okay. Do yes, yes. Madame Tussaud's Museum, <laughs> a Las Vegas institution, by the way, has created <laughs> a wax figure of Joe Biden. Yeah, a wax <laughs> figure of Joe Biden. It's so realistic you could swear it was a lifeless wax figure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I like it. Even uh, the, the, the construction yeah. guys like it.
0: Yeah, they're clapping too.
2: Oh, that's good. Well, <laughs> moving on. And, and just to show I'm nonpartisan here, I, I give it to I'm an equal opportunity offender. Oh, The <laughs> New York Attorney General's office is accusing Donald Trump of corporate fraud saying he forged the numbers and vastly overstated his assets. Trump responded, it's just another witch hunt against 34-year-olds with 14-inch penises.
1: (laughs) That sounds like a lie, too. Yeah, you're you're getting the pattern.
2: (laughs) All right. In order to combat supply chain shortages... The U.S. government has lifted the ban on teenagers driving big rig trucks. Yeah, teenagers driving trucks. Yeah. (laughs) This should help get the economy back on its feet unless their moms ground them. (laughs) Okay. They won't be able to. Here we go. Staggering to the finish line. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> A potentially hazardous asteroid bigger than the tallest building will pass close to Earth on Tuesday. It's so big, if our planet collides with it, it could destroy the entire Earth and actually wake Ed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh,
1: i love it you know there are a couple of times when i've wanted to incorporate ed and i'm glad you did the the, the ed door is now open
2: (laughs) yeah Uh, it's all i mean when you looked at the stories this week it
1: was just a barren patch of earth there was nothing worth well there was there was a great story for me that i was trying to write a joke about and then i just realized well no i should just live with it as good news which is uh there was a study that they found that uh several compounds in cannabis prevent healthy cells from being infected with COVID. <laughs> like oh, yeah. yeah. There's never better news for me. Right. Than that. Yeah. that was I All I could do was sing zippity-doo-dah after that. Yeah. I mean, you should just walk through the COVID ward. <laughs> I know. Blissfully. Arms out like uh, Kevin Costner in Dances with Wolves. Coming you guys should
2: have smoked more pot. You blew it. It's you your fault. It. You fucking
1: sober loser. <laughs> I've been battling Covid since nineteen ninety <laughs> yeah uh, so we we had a, a, an email uh, this yes, week that I think we wa- we That's wanted great. to yes. uh, we wanted to highlight it was based on something we talked about last week. We were talking about the top five sporting events we wished we'd attended. I made a, I bared my soul and made a confession that I uh, left the greatest Patriots game of all time, the Super Bowl, where they came back from 28-3. I left at halftime because I was so (laughs) mad that they were losing. So uh, one of our listeners sent in an email that, uh, JC, I'd love you to read that.
0: Yes. Okay. So this is, and I don't know if this is a, like a fake name, but his name is Kevin Botch. (laughs)
1: Why would that be? (laughs) Because it botched. It just sounds like exactly our target audience. I know, (laughs) totally.
0: (laughs) All right, he says, Hey team, I just finished listening to the episode in which Alec comes clean about leaving the Super Bowl early. You have no idea the weight you've lifted off of my shoulders. As I too had a similar blunder. I'm a huge Philadelphia sports fan, and back in 2000, I had the opportunity to see the Eagles play the Giants on the road. They were getting their asses kicked the entire game. So much so that I actually ended up on TV after a Mario Manningham touchdown because Fox scanned the crowd looking for deflated Eagles fans, and I elected to wear my Dawkins jersey. That's a Giants. great badge
2: of honor, by the way, <laughs> yeah. to be the face yeah. of, a, of just failure of the team <laughs> that they say, you look so miserable. They find yeah. you yeah. and yeah. go, and look,
1: that's already that's great. And by the way, did did we get the year right? I think you said 2000, but it was probably more like 2010. Maybe he it wrote it wrong. It says 2000. All right. Yeah. 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 Okay, anyway.
0: Um, okay. The Giants scored more touchdowns and with seven minutes left and a 21 point deficit, we decided it was time to leave. That's exactly when Michael Vick and the Eagles decided it was time to wake up. I had texted my mom and told her we were leaving. She kept texting me after each ensuing touchdown, go back inside, as we walked (laughs) past hundreds of grinning Giants fans who were all (laughs) shouting and laughing at us. When we got to the car, we turned on the radio to listen to what was happening. At the moment, the Giants were lining up to punt it to, and for their sake, hopefully away from Deshaun Jackson, Jackson bobbled the catch, but scooped it up and ran it back for a game-winning touchdown as time expired on what is now known as the miracle on Meadowlands 2. Mm-hmm. I happened to stumble upon the Espies a few weeks later, and if I'm not mistaken, it was awarded Play of the Year. It's regarded as the greatest comeback in team history. Yep. I appreciate your bravery in sharing your harrowing take, oh, tale. sorry. Just know that you're not alone. Though yours is most certainly worse. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you <laughs> Thank you to the three of you for doing this podcast. I love it and look forward to it every week. The "He Gone" bits. Get me every time. All the best, Kevin. That's
2: yeah. great. Let's see if he liked the Jason Momoa one, though. Uh, I know, I know. I was like, should I cut this? Uh,
1: and By the way, JC, whenever you read these emails, you have a great opportunity to just add in, P.S., JC is my favorite part of the show. Oh, I always, well,
0: if you ever hear anything like that, I have added it.
1: By the <laughs> way, I'm a, a lot of people say that.
2: I'm a buyer for an endless amount of these stories. Anyone wants to email in about leaving anything early right before it turned great.
1: <laughs> Oh. Please, please, please. You know, so and that is a great email, and thank you for sending it to us. Yeah. And send us any and all emails at a typical disgusting display at gmail dot com. But Goldie, you bringing that up, and I, you know, so I talked about the Falcons, my my leaving and being watched by Mike Singletary, uh, the eyes of Mike <laughs> Singletary as I left in shame, um, only to have them come back and win. Sadly, that is not my only su- story what? like that. <laughs> oh so. My God. In in 2013, in November, my friend, our friend Goldie, Todd Kidder, and I went to a Patriots game, and it was the fucking coldest I've ever been in my life. It was so cold oh, wow. that night. Yeah. But so we went to this game. They were playing the Peyton Manning Broncos, okay. and... In the first half, the Pats were just getting their asses kicked, just destroyed, and it was freezing, and Todd and I looked at each other and said, let's leave. So we get in the car, and we're driving from the stadium, Gillette, back to Cape Cod, which is like almost an hour drive, so we're listening to the game on the radio. Sure enough, second (laughs) half pats just turn it on they start scoring on every possession and end up winning in overtime and what was probably like their greatest regular season comeback of all time so i've missed their greatest wreck that's me farting this time that's not construction <laughs> people i'm so I annoyed mean, with myself i'm detecting so missed- a
2: pattern that yeah. you should just go to important games and yes. leave
1: yes yes yep Well, the thing is, and and I will add to my, I I don't know if it's, God damn these people downstairs, I swear (laughs) to Christ, I've never hated people (laughs) that I can't see or have never talked to, but I went to, (laughs) Ah! (laughs) (laughs) I went to, God damn you, now, oh, Oh, now we're at the 78 screws part of the construction downstairs, (laughs) Um, I went to the Seahawks, Patriots Seahawks Super Bowl, which was awesome. And I I, I got there two hours early because that's the kind of person I am. I was by myself because I could only get one ticket from Fox. I never moved from my seat for the entire game, not to piss, not to get a beer, <laughs> not to do anything. I probably could have done that in the bathroom, right. but it was, that game was spectacular. But it takes something out of you. It's like, you know how they say like running a marathon takes like X amount of weeks or a year (laughs) on your life. I feel like sitting there and being so stressed for like five hours straight, it's like wearing on you. So the times when I disconnected, I was like, that's gone. That's forget (laughs) it. I'm not doing that anymore. Um, (laughs) yeah.
2: You know, I used to run marathons Yes. and I was in my twenties, I was pretty good at it, but So I, I finished, um, I went up to Anchorage, Alaska with my buddy and, um, we ran this marathon. I finished 16th. It's not like they get, wow Wow. it's not like the Kenyans go up there though. You know what I mean? It's not like the the world's talented runners go up there, but anyway, so I, I finished 16th and then my buddy finished the race like two and a half hours later. And then the rest of the week we had all these plans to like go see the Portage Glacier and do this kayak expedition in Prince William Sound, all this stuff. So we go to, to the Portage Glacier, and part of it is you have to, like, walk up the thing. And, and it was at that moment that I realized that I had confused glaciers and icebergs in my mind. And I was yeah, hoping here. to oh. see an iceberg. And it's like cause the glacier is just like a snowy hill. It's, it's nothing. It's just a land. Whereas, like, an iceberg is, like, what hit the Titanic. And, and right. you're not seeing that. Anyway, so we were going up the Portage Glacier, and, and my buddy's like, I, I can't walk. I have to go in a wheelchair. You have to push me. And I'm like, I fucking ran the marathon too and I can walk. And he's like, no man, my legs really hurt. I can't walk. So I'm pushing him in the wheelchair up this glacier. And I get like two miles. I'm exhausted because I just ran a marathon like three years ago. I'm exhausted. And... Then this, this forest ranger comes running the other direction. He's like, a bear just attacked a moose. You need to go back. And, run. and so having just run this marathon, I'm now on the ice pushing my friend in a wheelchair the two miles back on this dirt trail. And the whole way I'm like, you motherfucker. Like I, my fucking legs are killing me too. And he's like, I swear to God, I can't walk. And I'm, I'm like bawling him out and 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 not a jokey way, like more than I've ever yelled at anyone. I'm yes. like, you're an asshole. I'm not or, or, and so, A man,
1: a man anyway.
2: Yeah. And so <laughs> anyway. So cut to like we get there's the rest of the t- the trip's a little tense because of the <laughs> of incident because we're I camping together in a tent or whatever. Oh. We get back to uh to our homes, and then I get a call three days later from him. he goes. Just so you know, I just got back from the doctor. I have two broken legs.
1: <laughs> You're like, you fake baby. Yeah. Get up, you <laughs> child.
2: I've just been yelling at a guy with two broken legs.
1: Oh, Did you ask him to send you the x-rays? No. <laughs> I, I trusted him. Oh, my God. That is great. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, that's really yeah, funny. that's very funny. And by the way, I, let me let me say a word of defense of glaciers. They're beautiful. Glaciers are yeah. awesome. It's an ice wall. It's not just a snowy hill. I've been to I've been been to the I believe it's called like the Petito Moreno Glacier down in uh, South America. Tall and I went, and it was oh. gorgeous, gorgeous. I
2: completely gorgeous. disagree. And when you hear about <laughs> climate change and they try to stress you out by saying the glaciers are melting. I no longer care about that. <laughs> oh, <no>. You should. <laughs> it's a Fine. big problem.
1: It's a big problem.
2: Well, anyway, most of it is, but mm-hmm. I don't care about the
1: glaciers. Well, you—you're <laughs> not t- cool. You can talk about that with next week's guest on the show, Greta Thunberg, will be here. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. (laughs) I would love that, by the way. I love her. Um, While we're here, why don't we tease that? Next week, we do have a guest. We might as well tease it at this point in the show. We're very excited. We're going to have Mike Scully, former Simpsons showrunner. Mike Scully, uh, we've worked with him. We've worked under him, with him. Uh, he now runs against uh, him, against him. We worked very hard against him. Uh, he destroyed us, um, but he runs Duncanville. Now we're going to have him on here uh, here. He's going to do some Johnny jokes. It's going to be yes. great. He's so funny. We love him. We can't wait for that next week. Yes. Um, this week, we're going to try something a little different for um, our theme today. Because of course, um, you know, our, our sort of goal and mission on this show is to, to, encourage or discourage young writers from doing what they do or kind of giving them a realistic oh my god these people downstairs (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) and it's just hitting the noon hour now so i'm hoping like they'll be like that's lunch
0: (laughs) hopefully it
1: doesn't the drill doesn't the drill doesn't have the sound of a that's lunch kind of drilling right um, anyway, you so found,
2: you found the one construction crew that's determined to work yeah, really I, hard. Yeah, it's we're gonna do lunch. it for you.
1: We're gonna we work through lunch, no problem. No lunch, guys. Not yeah. when we've
2: got this much
1: loud yeah. drilling to do. <laughs> we've got to work on this basement in Alex Cottage. We have got to get it done now. Nobody's getting a to grinder today until we finish this. Uh, Grinder's regional for a sub sandwich here.
0: Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.
1: Um, okay. <laughs> anyway, so we like to encourage writers, talk to them about the process, and we've talked about scripts, spec scripts, and agents and executives and, and all that kind of stuff. But what we want to talk about today is specifically one show. We want to We want to do a deep dive, as the kids say, a deep dive into the Cheers pilot. Now, obviously, Cheers was a, a great NBC show. I guess NBC's our theme today. NBC show from uh, the eighties stretched into the nineties. It ran for 11 seasons. It won all kinds of Emmy, Emmys for, for acting, for writing, for the show itself. It was, you know, one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. And Goldie and I, <laughs> were are from the Boston area and the Cheers takes place in Boston. So it was an important show to everyone in Boston was hyped about Cheers from the minute it premiered, although it wasn't a hit its first season. But oh, wow. we want to look today at the pilot because it's, it's an excellent pilot. So we want to kind of go through it step by step and talk about some of the things that the writers were trying, some of the things that they really nailed and maybe a couple of things that they were a little bit muddled, but... Anyway, that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna talk about the Cheers pilot. So let's just get into it. Yeah. And
2: one of the yeah. things that's most impressive to me just re watching it is it all takes place on one set. Yeah. Yes. So I I, I can't I, I mean I'm in awe of the skill of just doing this entire series that worked in one
1: place because they so rarely left. Totally. They, they, yeah, hardly ever. I think Brilliant. they had a couple episodes where they would go to one person's apartment or another, but it was like 98, 99% in this bar set. You're yeah. right. And, and we've talked about this before on the show. It's, it's a multicam. So it's not a single cam. It's a multi-cam sitcom. And we've talked about how multi-cams are kind of like stage plays. And nothing is more like a stage play than Cheers because you have, as you said, the one set. So let's let's just get into it. And And right from the start of the show, it starts with something that's called a cold open. And now a lot of you probably know what that is. But for those of you who don't, a cold open is like when the show just starts like it starts right out of the show before it or right out of a commercial. It doesn't open with a catchy theme or anything like that. They start the dialogue and the action right away. So, it, and SNL famously has yes. cold opens where they yeah. just kind of, you know, start out of nothing. So they start in the bar and the only person there is Sam Malone. Who's like the, the main character played incredibly well by Ted Danson Yeah. and a, a young kid. Wait, man, can
2: I add? Yeah, sure. Then- one of the
1: weirdest-looking kids you'll ever
2: see comes yes. in.
1: <laughs> A very weird-looking kid who I A feel bizarre like... A
2: bizarre-looking teen man, teen man who's somehow 80 and 14 at the
1: same time with yes. distracting freckles and teeth walks yes. in. So already, yes. you're like... What? what and and it in a windbreaker that was the color red that only existed in 1982. Like it was just <laughs> yeah. such a, a specific kind of windbreaker. So this little weird kid <laughs> wanders into the bar. Something where's... out
2: of a Mike White drama.
1: <laughs> yes. That you're
2: just so you're going. Is this a show about aliens or what? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so this kid walks in and the joke is he's trying to get a beer, but he's clearly like a young kid. So he presents a fake ID to Sam that makes him way older than he has any right to be. (laughs) And Sam, of course, being Sam kind of is playful. And he plays along with him a little bit and says, oh, well, you must have served in Vietnam. And the kid's like, oh, yeah, you know, I I did. And, And Sam politely sort of denies him the beer and the kid tells a a funny joke about like you know i come home after the war and this is the the treatment i get which at the time was probably a pretty edgy joke about vietnam because we're only he says how was the
2: war you know and he says it was gross (laughs) that's what people say about war it's gross
1: yeah war is gross that was a very funny line too so we have this cold open with a a couple of funny jokes. And we've already established Sam as like this playful, nice guy. Like he's not being an asshole to the kid. He plays along with him, but he's also responsible. He's not giving the kid a drink. And then we roll into what we all, I'm sure, consider certainly one of the- The Applebee's theme. (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, yeah, they use it now. You're right, they do, Do which is annoying. But so they get into the Cheers theme, which has got to be absolutely one of the greatest TV themes in history. It's just- What's so nice about it is it's a very old-fashioned theme. It has these pictures that go along with it that are also incredibly old-fashioned. They're, you know, like from the turn of the century, like 1900 kind of pictures. Yeah. And it sort of tells you, like, you're going to be seeing something a little bit old-fashioned here. Which... And,
2: and this is the first point at which the show would now be instantly canceled. yeah
1: because some executive would say like it seems a little bit old and stodgy we want something fresh and new it's
2: just not what we're trying to do with the network you know like (laughs) could it be hashtag
1: hashtag cheers (laughs) hashtag (laughs) cheers and and maybe like it could open with some tiktok videos
2: yeah or you know something by like dead mouse or just is there a theme could we have like techno and, and just something, you know, you can tap your
1: foot to a little more. Yeah, I think Taylor Swift would do a theme maybe. (laughs) That would be good. Um, But then so we get into the show itself and we're back in the bar as we are for the the entire pilot. And we see, you know, the the opening credits and we get written and created by – glenn and and less charles they didn't want more charles
2: that was a big mistake they wanted
1: less charles and they got it so glenn and Uh, we're the roofers when you need them (laughs) to drown out that joke that i had written in my phone why did i waste time writing that down but so the the creators obviously and this happens with pretty much all pilots the, the people who create the show almost always write the pilot and then they can sometimes just disappear a lot because of writers they
2: get money on that, every episode yeah they get um, money
1: and they say okay writing staff now the rest of you guys write this show forever for and us. Glenn and Les Charles kind of did that I mean you see their name names in the first season a couple of times but then they kind of just hand it off to the staff but they did a fantastic job with this pilot so they're yeah. they're uh, worth mentioning um, and then in this first scene, Diane Chambers walks in. So Diane Chambers played by Shelley Long and would become, you know, one of the main characters on this show. Diane comes in with her fiance. She's about to be married to a very stuffy kind of professor guy named Sumner yeah. Sloan. <laughs> yeah. And they, they walk into the bar. They've got their luggage in hand. They're getting ready to go and get married in Barbados. And a little side note, this guy Sumner Sloan was played by an actor named Michael McGuire, who was in like the NBC stable of oh. kind of character actors. I remember him from a Columbo years before. <laughs> so it was NBC kind of did the thing and a lot of the networks did where they had their actors and it kind of harkened back to the old studio system of Hollywood when actors had to work for a certain studio, MGM or you know oh. Fox or whatever. And so this guy, Michael McGuire, and he plays th- this, this stuffy uh, fiance very well in this uh, yeah. pilot. So Diane and this guy come into the bar. Sam is there. To, to see them, and they're kind of talking about, oh, we're in love, and Sam's kind of clocking them. And there's a moment where Sumner goes off to use the payphone, and Sam is off in the back somewhere. And the phone rings, like the, the phone behind the bar at Cheers rings. And Diane kind of does that thing where she looks around uncomfortably. And then she herself is is forced to pick up the phone. So it's instantly like kind of drawing her in to this yeah. bar. Like she's becoming like a part of the bar right away. And it, it's also serves kind of a, a character point with Sam because it's a woman, one of Sam's ladies, yeah. because Sam's this giant hunk, calling for sam and sam is now enlisting diane like saying like i'm not here tell her i'm not here so we're we're seeing that sam is a ladies man Can, and two it, points in, here yeah okay, yeah
2: if, okay uh already canceled because of diversity concerns right away <laughs>
0: right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, yes but uh
2: the second is that one of the things watching that really struck me was that the characters seem like adults in a way that doesn't exist now that's a like good point. even that Diane's yeah. the student, but n- now you'd go, she just seems like a 50 year old or something. Yeah. Like everyone's dressed well, like the guy's wearing, I think like a V-neck and a blazer. Yeah. And yep. if you yep. tried to do this now, I don't know that anyone's adult enough and everyone just looks at their phones. Like I, I, I think that was the first point at which I just thought you can't
1: do this. Yeah. Right. You're right. People were too engaged in life, which is great. I mean, it's fun right. to look back on. And and you're totally right. It would not be believable today that anyone would act or or comport themselves this way. That's yeah. a good point. Um so anyway, so Diane's enlisted in in, you know, picking up the phone for Sam and they after she hangs up the phone, there's contentious banter between Sam and Diane about why are you avoiding this woman and how dare you enlist me. And this is a thing that I noticed a lot in this pilot. They established Sam and Diane's relationship that would last throughout her time on Cheers, which was like five or six seasons, in the very first lines of dialogue oh, that they had between each other. It like, was amazing. It just, it was amazing. It, yeah. it worked so instantly. They had this dynamic established of like, Sam's the ladies' man and Diane does not approve and they're going to lock horns about that for years. And it's a great, it's a great dynamic. And they nailed it right away. So kudos to the writers for that. Then as, as the scene progresses and more people come into the bar, the writers are able to establish that the bar is an excellent place for a show because people are just naturally kind of like spilling their guts to a bartender. It it makes sense. Everybody kind of has a story to tell. I'm sure that was part of the pitch. And and they really put that on display. And apropos of that Diane and Sumner talk about how he proposed Diane is sort of you know waxing poetic over how Sumner proposed to her and here we have a great joke that I wanted to to highlight and these guys obviously they they're very funny they wrote great jokes but they have an old fashioned sense just like the title you know the theme song kind of leads yeah. us into this old fashioned style of comedy they have almost like a Marx brothers style of writing some of their jokes so they wrote a joke here uh, where Diane is describing how Sumner proposed. And she says this quote, he said, come with me and be my love that we may new pleasures prove. And then she says, that's done. And Sam says, I certainly hope so. <laughs> Which is know, a yes, great that joke. That's a fantastic <laughs> that's joke. Cause of really course hard. she's saying done isn't John done and he's has no idea what that means. So that could be a Groucho <laughs> Marx line. I certainly hope so. Now, This is where the the writers start to lay in a little bit of plot here. We learn that Sumner, her fiancé, has to go back to his ex-wife's apartment to get the engagement ring from her to give to Diane. And he asks Sam, as he's about to leave keep an eye on Diane. And this instantly furthers their connection. Like there's a reason that these two are now interacting more. So that's like a, that's just a good, that's just smart writing. He's like asked to become a part of this story. And they really focus in on that at the beginning. Now, we start to meet the characters that we would come to know and love over the next few seasons. And the first one, and boy, it brings a tear to my eye because he was so great. was coach.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Coach is uh, much older. He's played by this actor, Nicholas Colasanto, who weirdly like two years before this cheers pilot was in raging bull. So it's like, he's got range. Like he can, he can do lots of stuff, but in this show, they've created a very interesting device because they've already established that Sam is Sam Malone is kind of a caveman. He's not on Diane's level intellectually. And right. he's not, you know, he's just not that smart. And they kind of have, have played that up. And then in comes Coach. And Coach <laughs> is like, way more dumb than Sam. <laughs> right, right. So they, it, <laughs> it's, it's a good device for writers, honestly, to remember. Like, you don't want your main character, Sam Malone, to be, like, the biggest idiot. Because then right. that's just, you know, of course it works for Peter Griffin on Family Guy. It works for Homer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, in a live-action show where you're kind of asked to fall in love with these characters, you're not going to fall in love with the guy who's the biggest idiot. Right. So you have Coach come in. And well, coach they is, they did the opposite yeah. with Fraser. Also,
2: is that you? They thought it was unlikable for him to be such the like a pris, <laughs> you know. So then they invent Niles, who's like,
1: "Hey, <laughs> yes.
2: that's a great point." So, so it's it's also a great way to start thinking about dialogue and writing dialogue. Is you instantly get a sense of like Sam lines are this, Coach lines are this, Diane lines are this more florid language. So. You, as you start pitching your your script begins to take life just because everyone's not talking the same. So like one thing that, that over the course of years, people have said is if you can take one, a line from one character and give it to another character, it's a bad line. You fail because oh, the yeah, characters should only be able to speak like themselves.
1: Totally right. And I was talking about this the other night, actually with tall, because we were talking about that very issue and, a great example of a show where you could never do that is uh, The Golden Girls. The Golden Girls was a hilarious show, but those four characters were so well-defined. You could never just swap a joke and give, you know, Betty yeah. White's line to Rue McClanahan or, or whatever. Whereas on Family Guy, sometimes we switch the jokes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, maybe that's a sign that we're not quite into the character development part that we should be. But uh, again, to get back to Cheers, so Coach enters... And he and Sam have a very funny back and forth where Coach is getting upset about the Patriots draft pick that year in the draft. And he says, "Uh, you know, did they get a quarterback? Did they get a a running back to Scamper? No, they got a linebacker. And Sam says, well, I don't know. I've seen a linebacker change a game. He's like, yeah, you know, you're right. So (laughs) he instantly does a 180. And you again, within just four or five lines, the writers have established, like, who is Coach? How do Sam and Coach interact with each other? Why is it funny? And they they really nailed that right out of the gate. And Coach has many great lines uh, throughout this pilot, some of which we'll we'll talk about. So then Diane now is alone at the bar because her fiancé has left, and she's reading poetry at the bar, (laughs) which is like such a a ballsy move. I mean, (laughs) like, again, as you said, Goldie, you'd never see that today from anyone. So she's sitting at the bar, reading the poetry, she again attempts to distance herself from this whole bar crowd and Sam. And Sam again, like teases her and sort of flirts with her. And again, they're, the writers are reinforcing their dynamic. They're saying what you saw a minute ago, that's going to keep happening. And then like a house on fire comes Carla. Yeah. So Carla <laughs> is Raya Perlman, married to Danny DeVito. We all know who she is. And she comes in and she's <laughs> like, she's late work so we establish right away like she's a little bit of kind of a you know a, a rebel and she comes in and she's complaining like he's like so what i'm late so my kids were throwing up everywhere you <laughs> yeah. think you can handle it yeah can you come try it? and she's doing a monologue the whole time until she walks into the bathroom to change into her her gear and a very funny line sam turns to coach and says think i was too hard on her of course <laughs> yeah. he didn't get a word in edgewise which is very very funny, and Carla becomes like this show created half a dozen iconic characters and and yeah. Carla is certainly one of them so when it's Carla... also in the casting of her too that oh, they'd never God. let
2: you do is that looks like what a Boston waitress in a bar would look like and today they'd they'd be like like, you know can that be selena gomez all right (laughs) Right. you know or someone with a lot can we get like someone who's big on tiktok and make them and then they'll draw their fan base it's like everything the cart is driving the horse where you just go what about this really solid actress who looks like what this person would look like in the real world and talks like them
1: yes what about that
2: Yes, I was getting angry by this point. at the, the <laughs> no, Imaginary like, yeah. executive notes in your head, in my head <laughs> yeah. that, that that would prevent me, and in and in a way, like sometimes I feel prevent me from even starting something like this. Not that I could write Cheers if I want to do, but you know you what could. I'm saying. That, that you, you could. just go. No. You could. But it, it, it's it's enraging, like yes, how I'd... how much you just couldn't
1: do that. That the basic componentry they wouldn't let you bring no. in. No, you're, you're right about Carla, 100%. And you're right about the next character who comes in, who they would never cast today, which is Norm. Yeah. So yes. Norm, played by the great George Went, Jason Sudeikis' uncle, by the way. A little bit of trivia yeah, you there. you taught me that. You can see a little, little bit was... of nepotism there. You can Yeah, you can see a little resemblance <laughs> in the uh, nostril area, I've always found. <laughs> so George Went comes in, and this was great. I was so happy to see this. From the very first episode... They did that thing where when they he establish. walks in, he says, hey, everybody. And the whole bar says, Norm. Right. And then like he there's a back and forth joke where somebody says, Norm, what do you know? And he says, not enough. And then he sits down and get, <laughs> gets a beer. So that is something that they would do every episode for 11 yeah. seasons. They locked themselves into this great thing that was in the pilot of like, here comes a guy who we all love. He's here all the time. We know that because they're all shouting his name. And then... Somebody asks him a question, he has a joke back to them. And I could only picture the dozens, if not hundreds, of gag rooms that must have been sent off week after week to come up with great norm lines, which they right. always seem to do. My favorite was, uh, it's a dog-eat-dog
2: dog world, and I'm wearing milk-bone underwear. <laughs>
1: yes. Oh, my God. They must have left early that day. Yeah. They must have been like, we're, we're done for the day. We, we nailed it. <laughs> And, and this, there was an interesting thing here, too, which, again, it, it's just good, good writing, where Norm sits at the bar and he instantly starts complaining about the Red Sox. So this has such a ring of authenticity to it because we've now had characters complaining about the Patriots and the Red Sox. The writers are reminding us that we're in Boston. In Boston. And in 1982, when the show was released, Boston was in the midst of an incredibly dark era in terms of their sports teams the red sox hadn't mm-hmm. won in over 60 years the patriots had never won and this was the these were the things that people talked about and they still do in boston bars they still yeah. complain even though we've won you know all these championships they still get into the the little stuff and complain about the teams. so i thought that it was, being said yes if you
2: remade the show today i think it would have to be in cleveland or minnesota because yes. I think there's something less likable about Boston now that it it just doesn't exist anymore. Yep. That feeling of regional little brotherness to the, to New York and yes, the, the, the almost right. class resentment of the Yankees who always beat our ass. Right, where it's the like underdog. this this corporate yep. culture has democratized everything <laughs> to the point where. And this was a, a, another larger point I had about thinking about trying to do this is the homogeneity of everywhere now where this type of regional thing it's it's less and less and everywhere has a restaurant that's like tar and feathers it's something and something else and it's all like wood grilled vegetables and all yeah yeah like yeah,
0: foraged it, it would be hard <laughs> yeah. to
2: capture a regional authenticity because everywhere is just wherever you go you can kind of find the same
1: stuff yeah. you're totally right you're right and like nobody's like boston's story was its own if that makes sense back at that time like and now boston's story is everyone can know what's happening in boston everyone can know what's happening in chicago everyone can know what's happening so like nobody has their own little home base where they they're sort of like only talking about these little things amongst themselves it's all stephen a smith is shouting about tom brady you know whatever it is it's it's all national and
2: now i feel like they try to superimpose on it some red versus blue thing at the bar that you would just go like yeah but these people wouldn't be at the same bar and and it's like well this place is the one place they would be and it's like (laughs) no, now
1: we're in on fucking mars yep yeah you're wrong yeah i know (laughs) you're exactly right and and again as we talked about with er before the the problems of 1982 seem crazily small compared to the problems of today so also at this moment to get back to the show when norm is at the bar complaining about the red sox we get into a great Uh, more character development, because we learn at this moment that Sam Malone himself used to pitch for the Red Sox, which I think is such a cool detail. I don't know that I had ever seen or heard of anything like that before on a show, which I thought was neat. And and surprise, surprise, you learn that coach was his coach, was his pitching coach in the minor leagues and then up at the Red Sox. So you again, it's shorthand for years of a relationship yeah. that you now understand that these two have. And I think that that's, that's a pretty cool thing. And also everyone at the bar is kind of worships Sam because he owns the bar. He used to play for the Red Sox. And they're kind of Puffing him up and trying to make Diane see like, hey, this is an important guy. And she's just not having it, which, again, (laughs) is like excellent for their dynamic, because you can see instantly that it frustrates Sam because he's used to everyone kind of like bowing down to what. Especially women. Yes, especially women uh, while you're down there, love. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) now another great character detail (laughs) and kudos to the charles brothers for for making sam a former drunk who now owns a bar yeah yeah, yep. that that's just a cool. Well, cool, you
2: just instantly get the sympathy. Yeah, uh, compassion. You you, you you forgive the character his faults. Yeah, because yes. he's, he's weak. an alcoholic who yeah. works in
1: a bar. Yes, yeah. you're totally right. You feel for him, and you you also feel like there's something more inside of him than yes. than just like a ladies' man. It gives him uh, like a heart and a mind that you didn't know he had until that point.
0: And he's it also shows weakness.
1: Because... At, you're. You're hundred percent right. Yeah. And, but uh, his, he, he also
2: isn't, you know, like broken up about it. You know, right. today I feel like they try to have him be like, you know, <laughs> it is really hard for me. It's a daily struggle to have to, <laughs> That's good point. to
1: do this thing, but <laughs> yeah. I can't have a drop. But, you know, where he's right. just
2: like, yeah, I'm an alcoholic. It, okay.
1: You yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. And Danson had such a great breezy handsomeness, so he was like the perfect casting for this. He's like the best looking caveman that ever existed. (laughs) Um, And so here's where we go to our first Act Break commercial moment. And they don't go out on a joke, which was interesting. I don't know if that's, if they could do it again, maybe they would change that. But they go out. Uh, to commercial break on a story point where you kind of pointedly see Diane looking at her watch, knowing that her fiancé has been away for a while at his ex-wife's place, and uh, she's concerned about it. And then you also see Sam clocking this. They have a shot of Sam, like, watching her. And it's nice. Like, I say that maybe they should have ended on a joke, but it was also a nice moment because you can see in that moment that Sam cares about her as much as, like, you know, he is probably attracted to her or wants her to worship him, he cares about her. So it's another moment where we like Sam. And so when we come back into act two, the writers give Carla, her character, a little more service. They have Carla talking with Diane, and we learn that Carla's kind of bitter and angry because uh, she had a husband who left her and left her with the four kids, and so we kind of, again, like you said, Goldie, you excuse like her meanness and her, her biting remarks, and you, and you kind of get it. It makes her sympathetic.
0: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car.
1: With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Why characters act the way they do is is very important to audiences, and the writers really give you the why of yeah. why Carla is kind of nasty here, and, and that you know helps her character immensely. Uh, so now here we have another great joke spotlight. So again the phone rings behind the bar. Coach picks it up and he says "Cheers." <laughs> And then he goes, is there an Ernie Pantuzzo here? And you hear a voice OS go, that's you, coach. And he goes, speaking. Which, it's just, it's like beyond belief. It's not something that would happen in the real I can world. I already hear
2: the executive go, I just don't feel this is grounded. Are we really supposed to believe he doesn't know his own name? I know. i like...
1: <laughs> and it's such a great joke. and just so the, funny. The pace and the timing of it, too, were so yes. professional. It was just, like, right on it, fast-paced, funny. So God bless them for leaving that joke in. And by the way, whoever the executives were covering this, they left it in, so yeah. good choice, guys. Um, so we, again, coach, <laughs> lovable dimwit. We love it. Then they have this nice scene where I'm sure, again, Goldie, you and I can smell network notes. It felt like there was probably a note of, like, Show us why the bar is a good place to, you know, for everyone to get. Why it's, why is it a good place for stories? And how can we get everyone involved? So they do this. They have a scene where everyone at the bar is engaging on this topic, of, which I thought would be a good top five, by the way, of like, what are, what are the sweatiest movies of all time? They're talking about it. And they're throwing out funny guesses. Rocky II, that's a funny guess. It's a noteworthy exchange for the for the series because one of the people who chimes in about this is uh, a man with a mustache in a postal uniform. Yeah. And of course, this is Cliff Clavin, who would eventually become possibly, you know, the most, certainly one of the most beloved sitcom characters of any show. But yeah. he, here, he's uncredited in the pilot and the writers, I don't think, Really started to focus in on him until about halfway through the first season, and they kind of realized, okay, we got we got they were something Pushing special. a
2: different guy, the guy with the beard. Yes, and next I, I, the guy it next Gary to him or something. Uh, I forget his I name. I wrote it down. Yeah. But at the end, when that guy turns around and goes, "Thanks for the help, Sam," like oh, he
0: Ron. Ron, Ron. It was Ron.
2: <laughs> yeah, Cliff just rapidly yeah. kind of hit Ron in the head with a rock, left. He's like, bye, Ron. No,
1: yeah, and poor, poor Ron. Ron gone. I Ron say.
0: gone. He goes. He go. he go. There you go.
1: Ron gone. Um, But so anyway, we get our first glimpse of Cliff Clavin, which is awesome. And he's also instantly in character. He's a know-it-all. He's got that thick accent. He's chiming in with something that he knows better. Just a side note here, the writers inserted a, a very small inside joke in this sweaty movies exchange where... One of them shouts out body heat, and then they show a picture, a cut to Ted Danson kind of shaking his head. Ted Danson was in body heat. And so, like, I'm sure that's why they did that, and they probably were all pleased with themselves when they did that. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, So finally now, to to continue the plot, the writers pick up the plot again. Sumner returns with a a funny little joke about the sweaty movies. Like, you know, Diane says, like, I've been sitting here in a debate about the sweatiest movies. And he instantly turns and goes, cool hand Luke, which is a great, also a great (laughs) sweaty movie. Uh, I like that they did that. Anyway, we learn that uh, he couldn't get the ring from his his Mm ex-wife because oh she's such an incredible woman and her (laughs) depth astounds me there were all these very funny jokes um and and here's another note goldie to your point no woman would ever put up with this today like the fact that diane is putting up with this wishy-washy fiance who's going back to his exes and couldn't get the ring like it's Instantly, any kind of empowered woman. Where's her agency? I want to feel Diane is in control of her own fate. I want to see Diane
2: be a boss. Where's her (laughs) boss bitch moment where everyone can go, you go, Diane. Like, it's just like, (laughs) or she could just be waiting for an engagement ring on her way to Barbados. I
1: love that her boss bitch (laughs) moment.
2: That's (laughs) so true, though.
1: Oh, my God. Okay, so... So then in sort of a quick, this is where like, I, you know, writing wise, this happened a little quick. So Sumner gets back to the bar and then instantly the phone rings and it's his ex-wife again saying she's changed. She's had a change of heart and he can come back and get the ring. And, and you know, as an audience, we're already starting to see where this is headed. You know, it just it, yeah. it looks like bad news for Di- she Diane. She doesn't see
0: it, but everyone yeah. else does.
2: Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. It's kind of like schmuck bait. Like, we yes. know the story, obviously, yeah. is that they're not going to get married. Right. We're, we're ahead of it. Yes. Right. It's, it works. but Yeah, because we're in on it. I yeah. mean, if, if you are honestly analyzing the writing and the story, you kind of go, that's the first point at which you go, yeah, I assume there's a deadline. You got to do it. And it worked. And you got away with it. But it's actually objectively not great.
1: Yes, I <laughs> I totally agree with you. It's just, it's what we call, as you said, schmuck bait or like kind of an unnecessary up and back where you have him go out, come back, go out again. But also for a little more story reinforcement, again, we see Sam watch this and he knows, like we see on his face, he's like us, the audience, he knows it's not going to work out. And he's concerned for Diane. He's already become protective of her, which I thought was kind of a nice moment. So now some time passes. And as we've already guessed, uh, the bar is now pretty much empty. Only a passed out Norm with his head down on the bar and Diane remain. Standard
2: caution about alcohol abuse.
1: (laughs) It's like, oh, God. Standards today would be like, do we have to see the beer go to his mouth? can he not be passed out can he
2: just have fallen asleep and say I I was so tired I couldn't finish my beer"?
1: (laughs) can we refer to him as drowsy (laughs) instead of drunk can he be drowsy let's replace all drunks with drowsy so then coach takes Norm and he's going to Take Norm home, and there's a funny joke Norm says about grabbing a beer on the way home. Right, <laughs> um, yes. That was, funny. Yeah, that was nice. So then now we've reached this point where, okay, Diane is finally, she's kind of cracked open and she, she opens her heart to Sam. And what I thought was nice about this moment is if this were done today, it would have been two or three lines, and the, the writers in this moment really let it breathe. Um, and it's something that I noticed about the show as I watched more episodes. The shows have great monologues, and they're not afraid to give their characters monologues. And, and right. this was a nice one. For, they for... also had four to four and a half more minutes to do it. Totally wow.
2: wow. right. to have been taken away from modern writers.
1: By commercials. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So so each show, I think, used okay. to be about 27 minutes, and now we're down to like 21, 21. and a half. So yeah. they... they they really have taken a chunk So
2: now today it would be like, well, I guess Sumner's not coming back, huh?
1: Yep. (laughs) I know, right. (laughs) That really burns me. (laughs) I'm going to do a TikTok about it. So at this moment, Diane, you know, as I said, she emotionally breaks. She starts crying. It's not played for laughs, which I also thought was nice. We feel sympathy for her. And we see Sam again, feel sympathy uh, for her. So, We then officially find out, surprise, surprise, through a phone call uh, when Diane calls the airline, which nobody ever does anymore, but it was something that everybody (laughs) did in the 80s. Call the airline. That just never happens. So we find out, yes, Sumner has, in fact, jetted off to Barbados with his ex-wife, leaving uh, Diane in the dust. And it's in this moment that, you know, perhaps out of sympathy, Sam offers uh, Diane a job at cheers. It it felt when watching it to me a little quick as we say in the business like it felt like he was very fast to offer her that job and that felt a little odd. Well, he he did hedge it and sort of said this
2: may be crazy but I you know I guess you could work here if it, yeah. like he, so that in the performance that's one of those things that in the writing versus the performance
1: the performance yes.
2: definitely made it better than yes. it was. Totally right.
1: right. Totally right. So yes, written seems a little fast, but the way he pulls it off, uh, you know.
0: And she had also taken the initiative and picked up the phone earlier, so it was almost as if
1: you yeah, know, she was she'd born already, to work yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So. So And then there's a moment, and it's funny because I'd clocked a minute before, that even though it seemed clearly like closing time, suddenly a group of, like, six 70-year-old people come really into the bar. Are. Very old. Really. And not commented on <laughs> at all. No. Like, <laughs> but then you realize that there was a reason. It was all to set up Carla coming back to Sam with this big drink order. Like, hey, we need a gin and tonic and a Jack and soda and a vodka dry, you know, whatever. And then... Sam has to say a minute later like, "Oh, Carla, what was that order again?" and Diane on her way out instantly like has total recall of the order and repeats it yes. to Sam, which lets us know, "Oh, she she'd be great she at this. Like she, she this. may actually be destined to work yeah. in this bar. So that's why they brought those people in, which seemed like it made no sense. That was right. great. I, that yes. was yeah.
2: something that you just, you just got it to tip your cap to. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's exactly the way I felt. I said, and the, the performance, her performance of it too, was, was yeah, like, I got almost emotional. against herself at the end. Yeah. Resi- like she kind of knew where this was leading and didn't want to <laughs> repeat it, but she knew she knew the answer. Yeah. So she yeah. was saying it anyway.
1: Uh, totally right. <laughs> And I, and I it jotted down that, that it felt like a moment that they must have pitched on to get right. Like, what does she nail? And and they they really nailed that. They got yeah. it. They got it right. Yeah. So um, it, in, in that moment, you're all in on their Sam and Diane's working relationship and possibly their romantic relationship. And then they do, for the final scene of the pilot, it ends with, on a different day, With Diane taking the order of her first customers, a couple that's sitting there, and she comes in with this long explanation of, like, I never thought I'd be working here, and you're probably wondering why, and blah, blah, blah. And she gives a whole kind of long spiel, again, a monologue, to this couple that remains silent. And then when they speak up, we realize that they're (laughs) foreign tourists who are, you know, (laughs) looking for the police station because they've been robbed, Uh, (laughs) which is, you know, a funny blow to the thing. And so that's where the show ends. And boy, it was so fun to watch that pilot again. It really transports you back. Like, cause now we're talking about a show that's literally 40 years ago was this pilot. Yeah. yeah. And, and the show itself was old fashioned. So you're watching something that's 40 years old that itself right. could have been made in, you know, the fifties or sixties or whatever. But boy, right. the, Glenn, Les Charles, you guys just, you nailed this pilot, you nailed the show. And And it's become the paradigm. You know, it's interesting that we've gone through it with this executive mind of, like, picking it apart and kind of ruining it, but yet executives do point to this pilot as something that, like, is aspirational and that writers should. How do we establish people's relationships a la Sam and Diane? You know, Sam and Diane became shorthand for, like, Ross and Rachel. Sam and Diane were Ross and Rachel before Ross and Rachel. Yeah. I, I mean, I've brought this up before, though, that
2: they had less of a degree of difficulty than we do because of cell phones like honestly if yeah. look at that pilot now yeah. it would be like well let's look at the ex-wife's instagram and sort of see what's going on and it's like can you did you text Sumner? is he texting yes. back and and right. you know it's it, so it just everything the screens have eaten everything and it, it it makes me wonder is this type of thing even possible it's like yeah. The odds of seeing a great play now. It's like you, you I guess you can. But by walking into the theater, you're surrendering to the fact that I'm going into something old fashioned. Right. Yes. And I, I, I'm starting to wonder if that same thing is true of turning on a TV show as you're just going to have to make the buy of like I'm going into a little bit of a historical anomaly here. Yes. And not where we live now.
1: I know. It made it, me sad, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And it's interesting because there's a solution which is obviously like setting your show in the past, but that, that also feels like a device, whereas this show was set in present day and it it was it, it made you feel like a nice feeling about you know what was going on at the present whereas if you set a show in the past you're already tinging it with sadness of like this no longer exists and irrelevancy anymore. to some extent totally right
2: you just yeah. kind of go well you lose the ability to comment on what life is like now and it's like yeah a certain percent of the audience wants escapism but i don't know that they want it every week hundreds of times over the course of 200 weeks which you know you and i had that goal and i think still kind of have it of creating that thing that gets remembered because of its (laughs) epic production time yep uh (laughs) you know and and i've had two shows and they've lasted each show i've had last one episode less than the previous time i think there's been nine episodes and eight episodes right Um, yeah well dad's had an epic run yeah, it it, it it does make me wonder. Like that's the problem. How do you crack it? Yes. in a world where everyone has access to all information
1: at all times. I know it is interesting, but yeah. I, I still believe somebody's going to do it. I don't know that it'll be me. It, it won't might be you. Us. Might no. be you. Could be you. No. No. I'm saying it. I'm calling it now. It's going to be you. <laughs> <laughs> Pressure's on I'm calling it now. Tisn't. Tisn't. Oh, tisn't. Another great Columbo quote. And a little side note about uh, Cheers. I may have mentioned this on the show before, but you can watch it on Paramount Plus, and Paramount Plus is like tailor made for old coots like you and me, Goldie. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. um, if, you, if watched, you wanted to trap me in a net, you could leave
2: <laughs> Paramount Plus open on the home page. I'd be like Love Boat, Cheers, and then it's like a net comes down and catches like, God, fucking damn it! Why 5 five oh? All the rockford files
1: yeah it's it's great they do have a, a kind of a great old guy lineup but yeah I, it's
2: our Turner classic movies
1: yes right like well Said. like my mom is
2: like I saw the most wonderful movie on Turner classic movies and then she goes on to describe the most boring black and white headache you've ever heard of' <laughs> I mean, you go, why the fuck would you watch that with everything available
1: to you but yeah that's how I feel about It's like Love Boat is my Xanax. Yes, (laughs) I totally agree. That's just, yeah, it's so relaxing from the opening theme. But I will say with Cheers, if you keep watching and watch through to episode number three, my mom and sister are in the uh, bumper, like the B-roll that they show outside of the bar, like where people are walking past. My mom and sister are wearing a red dress and a blue dress. And they they use them a lot. Like in season one and two... When they rolled the bumpers, it was oftentimes we would tune in and be like, there's mom and Liz. Like they're walking into the bar. That's it's awesome. Cool.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. You know, there's one thing I noticed that I, I never really thought that much about, but
1: it got the gears turning was the fact that I wonder why it was downstairs. I wonder oh. if that's just the natural it, spot of that bar. I don't know. It, it's it, like it's really kind of weird. Well, you know what? They didn't have to handle like windows seeing anything That's I mean, outside. I think that's oh. why. And yeah. like
2: maybe to hide people coming in so you don't see them, you know, um, through the window. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah it must oh. be because they didn't want to show traffic or pedestrians or they didn't want to deal right. with any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, um, but I, had ha-
0: a, I had a thing that I noticed with Sam. The fact that they made him a relief pitcher. Yeah that you know who was an alcoholic his whole career was about saving like saving the game saving the pitcher and then he opens up this bar and he's literally you know hey coach take norm home and he's like he has this thing about saving people it's just ingrained. jc
1: that was the best point made the whole (laughs) show right there that's so great (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Well, we should, boy. We should just let you take over from the beginning. What the hell were we talking about? How she get in a word in Edgewise with these two idiots? I know. God. Well, okay. Note to self. Let Let's let JC talk more. JC JC might have actually something. Any smart
2: thoughts, JC?
1: (laughs) You want to show us up with your big brain again, JC? Um, that was that's a great point. Anyway, that it was so fun Thanks. to watch again. And uh, now, yeah, uh, now I I'm going to keep watching the show because boy, they they, they hooked me again. Yeah. Anyway, that was a fun theme. And it was it was uh, fun as writers to look at something and to have Seek swoop in with the best point there at the end was also <laughs> just a nice a nice victory. But now uh, let's get into the portion of the show that we like to call top five. Top five. That's so, should awesome.
2: I go first? Because I was the one who came up with this topic. Y- yes. Yeah. And
1: at the end of top fives, we'll, we'll talk, okay. we'll tease next week. But yeah, go ahead. Goldie. Yeah.
2: So, I came up with the, the, the really broad topic. It was top five beverages. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. just cast a wide net, see what happens. So, here yeah. are my top five. All right. Uh, number five, it's not glamorous, gets the job done. I'm talking water. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if you were going to have that. Full glass know. of water. Uh, like, it, look, it's not winning uh, any trophies. But on yep. the other hand,
1: when it's you saving need lives. it it's saving you lives. you get it, you're happy. It's, yes, yeah, you're I saving lives. I didn't put
0: it on there, but I agree with you. Yeah,
2: I agree. Number four, I wish I put it on. chocolate milkshake. Oh, very good. It's not an everyday. Nope. But as a treat, fucking great. Now here's where I get... A little bit racy, oh, <laughs> a newcomer on the scene, oh, a relative newcomer, and it's made quite a splash. I'm talking number three, oat milk. Oh, oh yeah, right? good milk call. is gross. Yeah, it it makes like your teat. body do weird things. It's from the oat milk of a cow, is really good and doesn't make your body do weird things. Right, you're right. Come from you're the There right. you go, of oat milk. Now number two, <laughs> I do not drink alcohol anymore. I don't know whether that's permanent or not. But I would be remiss if I didn't recognize the power of a frozen margarita.
0: Ooh, salted <laughs> rim, Renault. And, and you'd s-
1: hate to be a frozen margarita. The around slow, this guy. acidic, burnt buzz of it
2: taking over your body. Oh, there's, there's nothing like it. <laughs> and, And number one, can't get through the day without it. Best part of the day.
1: Yeah indisputably yes. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, yep. That's a great list. Very great list. list. Yeah. Well said. Yes. All right. Yes. I'll, 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 JC, you get to go last today because okay. of that fantastic point you made. Okay. <laughs> here we go. And Goldie, I'm sure you flirted with this one. My number five is Schweppes ginger ale. Oh. oh. Mm-hmm. The She's Jewish. The Jewish panacea. <laughs> Anything that was wrong, you have a warm yes. glass of Schweppes, got better. Uh, and here I, I, I sort of veered off a little bit from, because Goldie, you and I had some overlap. Number four for me, Country Time Pink Lemonade. Hmm. Oh, did I love wow. that growing up. <laughs> Just over-scooping, because you could make it yourself. So much sugar. So oh. much. So much. But I, I, I fell hard for the commercials with that quaint old guy sitting on the porch. How about a glass of country time? Like, I, I bought yeah. that hook, line, and sink. How
2: about you come inside, little boy?
1: <laughs> all right. We don't know. We don't. That was never proven. You like
2: hard candies?
1: <laughs> i got something it's hard fun. for you. Uh, all right. Number three, Goldie, we're, we're in lockstep here. Number three for me was a chocolate fribble, which is... A chocolate milkshake it's basically Mm -hmm. the same thing Mm -hmm. so we love that maybe dip your fries in it yeah great what a treat what a treat that is number two for me was coffee they got an awful lot of coffee in brazil love coffee you need it need it to get the troops moving every morning okay number one for me was the one the minute you said this this was just etched in stone coke is it Coca-Cola classic, yeah. never a better drink has been devised. Coke on ice, just delish. Wow. That's my list yes. and stand by, list. I stand by by every word.
0: <laughs> it's a good list. Great. Okay. So my top five, I will say I mostly drink just water and my uh, number three on this list, but whatever. These are the, my list. Number five is the Boylan's cream soda okay
2: I like oh, very, god you're you're always coming at these like with a potato chip thing it's, i know I'm it's weird. always a boutique
0: it's so well, weird like well you know maybe the rest aren't so much but okay. this is a little boutiquey this one is mexican coke because
1: they oh, use yeah. the, the cane yeah, the sugar are very good cane yeah. sugar the <laughs> yeah, bottle from the is bottle, very satisfying from the, yeah exactly. worth it for the bottle yes
0: um my number three is what i have every morning um, yerba mate because I don't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee, so um, it's the the type of caffeine that it it supplies. To I'm my sorry. Can we things. get that name again? Yerba mate. What is it? It's a tea. It's a usually I buy oh. it in can so much sugar, but in in Brazil they have a gourd where you make it every day, and they you know you add hot water, and it's actually a ritualistic process for a lot of people. But I love the matin like the way it hits it's a gradual slope as opposed to a peak right. that you get from coffee right.
2: not so. me i like to go from way too tired to instant panic I know. it didn't <laughs> work for me it stopped working
0: for me that's why i had to <laughs> switch oh, okay so number two may be a little boring but it's fresh squeezed orange juice and then I know yes that's good that's no, no 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 that's good that's <laughs> good that's good. I that's good
1: I considered that I considered yeah. that
0: yeah. and my number one is an Arnold Palmer oh, I love a good you. Arnold
1: Palmer having oh. fun it's yeah. kind of two drinks as we know famously, <laughs> but, it's but it's fun dude it's we'll allow it <laughs> Uh, that's that's a great list great list and now so now we we uh, are gonna tease next week's top five which is JC's choice and Uh-oh. it is
0: okay so next week's top five are. Top five songs to air play to like air drum, air bass, mm. not lip sync, but air drum or bass to yeah, air
1: instrument, keyboard.
0: air like instrument. Yes.
1: I love that. That's
2: yeah. very specific. <laughs> yes. That's. I'm already. Cool. It yeah. might. My list might be all
1: Rush. that's a good that's a good thought yeah no a couple songs were instantly leaping to mind so that's (laughs) that's a fun one so you can you can tune in for that next week and by the way you know my dad was one of the people who was saying we should announce the top five for next week but then of course when we did it he said you did it wrong
2: And so he he said that we
1: we should uh, encourage listeners to send in their own top fives. No, And and, and then he said, (laughs) but then he said, I don't know that you ever give out your email address. I said, dad, we do it like three (laughs) times a show. Anyway. (laughs) Dad. But you don't want people to do that? Goldie, you said no. Well, they
2: can, but it's like, it just, now it's, now I'm an editor no, I'm, yeah, I'm working more <laughs> no, no 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 but all, all, Some people all we do. do
1: is just yeah. we'd read a couple fun ones after we do ours if, sure if, yes. if we want it okay if, so, if anything yeah. pops yeah i think we've been very
2: generous and truthful about putting stuff on the show it's Totally. good and then other stuff comes in i'm grateful for it but not everything's for air guys no yeah. it all <laughs> it gets read though be. it does all get read and we appreciate red. it yeah. all Absolutely. So again,
1: that's a typical disgusting display at gmail.com. If you want to send in any thoughts, criticisms, praise, or even maybe a top five, feel free sure. to do so. Feel free to do so. And now we're going to feel free to end the show on something we like to call a high note. Thank you, Tom Gamble. It's always a half second longer than I think it's going to be. And that's, that's where the fun is. Um, who, who wants to go first with us? I'll go first. Go ahead.
0: My high note is tomorrow is my dad's birthday.
1: Oh, nice. And
0: um, he is a wonderful human being. He listens to our podcast. He's watching The Sopranos right now. Um, and he's just a... Beautiful guy. Well, happy and birthday! Happy birthday! Mm, yeah.
1: That's great. Uh, yeah, hopefully, he's going to do a better job of finishing the Sopranos than some people I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know.
0: We got to watch Cheers now, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, mine, mine's very quick and it's stupid and cute. We had a friend of ours who pointed out that last week, my high note was the bachelor and Goldie's was frontline workers. (laughs) So there was a a little, a little, that was Susanna Mako. So thank you for pointing that out. There's a little gulf between it and I'm prepared to do that again. And that we'll have it back to back. So my high note, this is so stupid, is that I just, I I told a joke about turtles and Johnny jokes, but I read the story where the two turtles that, Sylvester Stallone takes in Rocky from the pet store. He's still got them and they're still alive. Uh, Cuff, wow. <laughs> Cuff, and wow. L- Cuff and Link. And That's he did a post sweet. with a picture of the two of them, which I thought was just very cool. And I, I love Rocky so much. So that was awesome yeah. to see.
0: That's pretty sweet.
2: My
1: high note is
2: Queer Eye is back. <laughs> I just love <laughs> it. Oh, yeah. cool. Such a cry? big fan of Bobby. Like, I just specifically, Bobby... He's the like everyone like comes in and it's yeah, like yeah. Tan's like here's a sweater you know and Anthony's like uh, I'll I'll teach you to make guacamole for the meeting and then it's yeah. like and here's an entire new house
0: <laughs> go Bobby
2: <laughs> you know like he worked so hard and then you know Karamo is what I call he's like a home run hitter he's like the Rob Deere Cecil Fielder of the show like he just takes big guts. a lot yes. of times it's a total miss it's like. I want, I'm going to write your name on this balloon and I want you to shoot it with an arrow, you know, (laughs) all right, man, I don't know. And like they hit, he does hit and what he does is very meaningful, but I enjoy it on two levels. One is I think like, it's a beautiful thing and what they do for these people to watch our transformation is great. But the other is to, in my mind, compose what must be the behind the scenes, Vibe of Bobby just watching everyone else versus what he does every week. Yeah. I know and Bobby
1: the, watches the one guy make a PB and J with the crusts cut off. He's like, "Great, I got to go build an addition to this guy's house." Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I think they do that's a great, great job. They I do. That's, a, we, that's I'm awesome.
2: critical of a lot of things, and I. But I, you praise where praises do. Great
1: yes. Show. Yes. No, it's uh-huh. a great show and a great way to end our show. So. Thank you all for listening. We had a fun time doing it. And the construction workers are back right on cue. <laughs> thank awesome. you all for listening. Uh, thank you, two for being awesome. And thank we you. will talk to you next week.
2: Typical. Typical. Disgusting. 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 Disgusting.
1: Disgusting. Disgusting. And it's fast right
2: now. Note to self.